What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money Smith. Money, we are not in the sun anymore, my man. The comfort of your own home studio. How are you? Yeah. As you can see, I um, am trying to get used to the mic again. I'm sitting right in front of my whole fat face. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just settling in. I'm actually uh, supporting our colleague, Daniel Jeremiah, today. Huge one in Boone. Appy oh, State. here we go. Uh, hey, put North that Carolina made the poor decision. The, let me see it again. There you go. Little that, Mountaineers that, that, there. Little corn cob pipe. Uh, the Tar Heels made the poor decision of agreeing to visit Boone. Um, with a little North Carolina territorial war, uh, come on and raise up kind of vibe going. And they, uh, I think they brought in like an extra 15,000 seats. It's going to be a rager out there in Boone. So supporting our man, move the sticks, and uh, hoping it all works out well for him. Be careful what you wish for, Tar Heels, right? That's right. That's right. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a street fight. It's the move the sticks bowl too, right? It's, it's, a, it is. it's a Bucky DJ bowl. Yeah, Bucky Brooks, uh, North Carolina, Tar Heel. Uh, what was he, a wide receiver and returner, and then they made him a DB when he got to the NFL. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, it should be fun. Move the sticks bowl. There you go. College football underway. Week one, about 10 days or so away, and we, we finally hit this initial 53 money. I, I thought we could go through it and – sure. Kind of get your, your your thoughts at each position group. Um, I don't think there was a ton of surprises. We'll start at quarterback. They're keeping three. Um, Herbert, Chase, and Easton. And I, I looked around the league this morning. I just I found it interesting that, you know, there's a philosophy where, where some teams will keep two guys and some teams will keep three. Uh, 19 teams in the NFL have either one or two quarterbacks on their roster right now. And, and I say one because I think it's uh, Detroit and Dallas right now um, are looking for their backup. So 19 teams carry two, 13 teams carry three. Chargers, one of those 13 teams. Your thoughts on, on keeping both Chase and Easton behind Justin? Yeah, I think um, everyone's alluded to it just because we've peppered, you know, be it Joe Lombardi or Shane Day or Brandon Staley about it. And they all say the same thing. And that's just that Justin likes the quarterback room. Um, you know, and, and kind of with Charger fans, if you're on social media, and I like to engage and, and, talk and chat with them and, and kind of hear their thoughts back and forth, a lot of them are upset about them keeping three, you know, trying to, to get that extra roster spot uh, for like Mark Webb or Michael Bandy or one of those players, Jamal Davis, you know, the kind of those last maybe three that, that were waived instead of carrying three. And to which, you know, my point is, look, did we ever think Kellen Clemens was going to be a viable starting quarterback if Phillip Rivers went down? No, like he, he would have gone in a pinch in a game and then they would have had to have gone out and found a quarterback. That's what they would have done. Like Kellen would not have been their starter. But you know what? Kellen was on the roster every year because Phillip loved working with him. And, and he was an Ironman, and he was never going to miss a game. So, like, that's sort of the, the analogy that I'm making is Herbert likes the quarterback room. He loves – like, Easton is an incredibly smart guy. Sees things that, that other quarterbacks don't. It's great to – and I know I'm saying this. like It's not like a name dropping, but, man, it's fun talking football with Easton. He is a bright guy. So, I think that's the, – the three quarterbacks are – Chase Daniels, coach on a field, he knows this system inside and out, having been in it for so long as Drew's back up with the Saints. And Easton just has a great football mind. Um, and why would you want to change something that one of the best quarterbacks in the league says he likes the way it's set up? So 
That's it. You know, if Justin wants two more, Justin's getting two more. And that's going to be good for the Chargers. A lot better than having somebody else at number 53 instead of keeping Easton Stick in a quarterback room that Justin Herbert enjoys. Yeah, that's a case-closed situation. If, if 10 wants uh, two more in the room, he's getting it. And, and I think both guys bring something unique. I, I mean, we, we've talked about Chase and just his career and knowing this system and knowing just how to be a professional. And then Easton, I mean, we had him on the pod uh, early in, in training camp. The fact that you go 49-3, and three, it, it, there's a reason why you go 49-3 and because you're pretty darn smart. And yeah. uh, if Justin likes a setup, that's what it is. And uh, it, it worked out last year, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I would just add this. Like, for people that think Easton Stick wouldn't get claimed if he's on a practice squad, you're high. He would. He'd get claimed in a second. He, he would be a backup quarterback on a number of these teams ahead of the backups that they have. So you could not stash him on the practice squad. Could you stash Chase Daniel? Maybe. I think, I think you might be able to get away with that. But... That's what makes this one sort of complicated. Like, to me, just my opinion, if Justin, and I hate even saying it, if they needed a backup quarterback in the middle of a game, Chase would be the one to go in. But if they had a week to prepare, Easton would be the starter just because of what he can do athletically, how mobile he is, the pressure that he puts on defenses defenses because of that mobility. So that's kind of the unique situation the Chargers are in and why they would keep three. Yeah. You were in New Orleans. Chase had a pretty good first half, 10 of 11. He was great. It looks like he probably submitted that backup role. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Listen, Easton has that, that dimension that you know everyone, I think, tried to compare him to Taysom Hill coming out of college, even though he's not even close to the size of Taysom Hill. I think Hill. it makes sense. Um, but he, he has those attributes in terms of yeah. running and, and doing that dual threat uh, role. 100%. I think, that's a, I think it's an apt comparison. Is he as big? No, but he's big. I mean, Easton's not small. Just because he's not, you know, tall doesn't mean he's not thick. Like, he's a muscular guy. He could totally play that Taysom Hill role. I believe that. I think you could play him on special teams. Like, it's crazy to think you'd put somebody that's a quarterback on special teams, but I think he'd be incredible on special teams. So, like, that, that that's, a, again, I don't think we need to belabor it. Justin wants it. Lombardi wants it. Day wants it. Staley wants it. It's happening. Yeah, and it's continuity. It, it, you carry it over from last year. I think that's a good thing. Running back is interesting. Um, we know Austin Eckler. Uh, I think Joshua Kelly may have put his stamp on that running back two spot uh, last Friday in New Orleans. Isaiah Spiller hopefully comes back from injury soon. Larry Roundtree's on this roster. But Coach Staley has said like he, they're going to look outside the league at, at positions if there are guys available. A lot of running backs were cut, and I think Rapsheet reported that uh, Sony Michelle's coming in to, to meet with the Chargers. So yeah, I think that's yeah. one of those positions, money, where, hey, if you can upgrade, um, you, you look to do that. Yeah, Chris, I think the, the running backs, it's not going to look like this when the, when the season starts. And you hate saying that because we know these players, you don't want them to be out of a job. You want them to realize their NFL dreams. But I think it was just far too common a refrain from all the coaches that they were waiting for one of these guys to raise his hand, and they never did. And, you know, even though Josh looked like he had the best preseason of the bunch, bunch and certainly played well against the Saints, um, like some of the plays he made, if they felt that way, I don't think we would have heard that so often. And with, you mentioned Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, Tevin Coleman, there's, there's players that proven players out there that could fill, you know, we, we, we hear about Alexander Madison and Minnesota becoming available. Yeah. Um, so like 
that 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 position group is not going to look the way it does right now. I, I think one of those players is going to end up, or maybe two. Um, like I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If they feel like you know what, we can get a couple of these guys. There's a, a tremendous rate of attrition at that position, and um, we're going to go grab them. I mean, look, Justin Jackson was let go. I was going to say, like, by I the don't Lions. know anything about Justin Jackson, but I, I, I was shocked because he had a really good preseason up there. Yeah, but I think it's the same issue that he had with the Chargers. You cannot afford to have a guy on the roster that you're running back to that gets hurt after the first play of the game or in the first quarter, and that just happened way too often with Justin. Like, it was way too often. It's one thing not being available on game day. It's another thing to be available and then not be available for quarters two, three, and four. So... There's talent out there, and, and it, there's not always talent out there at that position, but there is this year, and I think it lines up with what the Chargers are looking for. So I, my guess is Sonia Michelle does not leave L.A. without a deal. That's, that's the first guy they brought in. They had an opportunity to bring in Mac, who signed back with the practice squad of, of the Texans, which means you can pluck him off of there after week one or something like that if you want to. Um, but the fact that they chose to bring Michelle in first, as long as the physical checks out, look, the guy averaged – Four yards per carry last year with the Rams. He had darn near a thousand combined scrimmage yards. Uh, I think five combined touchdowns. He's averaged over four yards per carry in his career. Helped the, the Patriots to that Super Bowl championship against the Rams. Like this, it, it, you know, was an incredible that player game in Georgia. Against the Chargers. Remember that divisional yeah. game against Chargers? Exactly. So it's like, yeah, like three touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's that, that. To me, that's that's the no-brainer. Is he'll end up likely as long as he passes the physical. He'll end up being signed. And I think, you know, that's it's unfortunate probably for Larry Roundtree would be my guess. But, you know, you put him on the practice squad and it's a position of attrition. And, you know, he can find himself back on the active roster. And it was a numbers game, I think, in Miami when it comes to Sony Michelle. You know, Mike, Mike McDaniel, you runs that that uh, that Shanahan running scheme. Yeah, the wide zone. Down there, you have Gaskin down there. Um, so... For Sony, he had nine nine carries, 13 yards at a touchdown in preseason, but you alluded to his numbers with the Rams last year, kept them afloat, kept their running game afloat, and, and for what he would have to do in Los Angeles, let's say, it's got to spell Austin Eckler, and, and yep. you got to be efficient when you do it. And and I, I think that both he and Josh are capable of doing that, and obviously we, we think Isaiah Spiller's more than capable of doing that when he's healthy. So um, that's certainly a position group. Your, your ears kind of perk when Coach says, hey, we're also going to look around the league to see if we can improve our roster. Um, and yeah. I think that that may be the every position team does where that. I think it does it. Yeah. You know, every, every team does that. Do not. Some more than others, though, today, Muddy. Like, the, the Bears claimed six dudes. Well, they stink. Uh, the Giants claimed five dudes or four yeah, dudes. They stink. The Jags claimed five dudes, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> some the, more the, than What's others. the common thread there? Those are teams that stink. Yeah. You know, that, that have not played good football the last couple of years. And so that's what they're trying to do is they're, they're taking as many bites as the, at the apple as they can, you know, teams that that were in the playoffs last year or were really good last year, have good rosters top to bottom that you feel good about. You don't see them putting in a lot of waiver claims. Um, when you have a roster in the man, you know, in the fashion that the Bears do, they are especially offensive line. They, they are a mess. Uh, wide receiver. They are an absolute mess. You know, the Chargers are looking for one, two players. Tweaks. I know we're going to go through the whole roster, yeah. but um, running back is is one of them. And uh, not surprised at all that they're they're bringing Sony in, if not a couple other people to, to get a look at. Kind of big news, which affects Week One. And you know, Alex Leatherwood is no longer a Raider. Uh, that happened uh, after the last time we we spoke, and he is now a Chicago Bear. So there you go. It's one guy who's yeah, like uh, who's left the division. For all the Charger fans that are 
you know, jumping up and down and celebrating that failure, that's the wrong play, man. That, that, this is the exact opposite of what you want to see happen. You know, when Alex Leatherwood was drafted number 17 overall, it, was, it wasn't just the majority. It was the consensus, you know, as someone who covers the draft and covers the combine and all of that. Nobody thought that was a good pick. Everybody thought it was a terrible pick. I remember watching Alex Leatherwood film with DJ two years ago uh, when he decided not to come out and go back to Alabama, and everyone was talking about him as the left tackle, and it was like, no, it's Jedrick Wills. It's the right tackle. Look at that guy move. Leatherwood's stiff. He's getting bent in half and shoved off his spot every snap. What they saw in him, I don't know. But here's my takeaway from that, just real quick, Chris. It's bad news because it means you have an owner that is not going to meddle. You know, and we like Mark Davis meddling. That's what you want if you're a Charger fan. You want him saying, uh-uh, I'm paying this guy 14 million bucks. Figure it out. Coach him up. Trayvon Mullen, he was a second-round pick two years ago. You're not trading him for a seventh. Figure it out. Coach him up. I'm paying him five million bucks. Instead, you know, Ziegler and, and McDaniels now are given the keys to the kingdom. Hey, whatever, man. If you tell me that four college free agents that we're going to sign instead of Leatherwood and Trayvon Mullen are going to make us a better team, you go after it, guys. I trust you implicitly. You did it in New England for all those years. I need you to do it here. I would have loved to have seen Alex Leatherwood out there at right tackle of week one on September 11th. And unfortunately, he ain't going to be there. So, you know, I think be careful what you get excited about because the Raiders draft picks have been failures, you know, during the Gruden Mayock era from 19 Man. to 21. I mean, you guys can see the list. I'm, I'm sure that everybody knows who, who watches this, the, yeah. the list of draft picks who are no longer on that team. Um, I, I feel for Alex Leatherwood, too, because you get the expectations of a first-rounder when you really yeah. weren't a first-rounder. Don't feel for him, Chris. The guy got $15 million bucks. All right, you know, too. He had I, no but, business being drafted this, there. Though, he got $15 million bucks. Think about this, though. He goes four selections after Rashawn Slater. Yeah. It's a terrible Four selections pick. after Rashawn Slater. It was. It's the same. Seventeen. It's the same slot they drafted Zion. It's the same slot they drafted Derwin. It's the same slot that C.D. Lamb was drafted. Like seventeen, you need to get a good player, if not an All Pro. Yeah. And they got a guy that was on the team for one year, was the worst offensive lineman in football, and made fifteen million bucks. So you know it happens. Guys, guys get to the NFL and they stink. It's no big deal. It, he was, you know, he, he was able to, to, to play at a level at Alabama that somehow got Mike Mayock and more likely John Gruden. I think Mayock's taken a little bit too much income on this from everything I understand is Gruden would flex his muscles in the first round and then disappear for the rest of the draft. But, you know, he got his check. Get your bag and, and you know what? Celebrate it, man. And hopefully go back to work and get better and maybe he can kind of get things rolling with the Bears. But I'd celebrate that 15 million bucks because he had no business getting it. Yeah, fifteen. You're right. You know, it's hard. It's hard to feel for yeah. fifteen million dollars in, in your bank. Exactly. Go <laughs> get it. Fullbacks. Uh, Xander Horvath beat out Gabe Neighbors uh, quickly on this. I, I think this is a guy they drafted for a reason. Going to help on special teams and uh, new fullback in L.A. Yeah, not much to add. Looked better than Gabe throughout training camp. Uh, was was running with the ones on special teams. He's athletic. He's a guy that piled up a ton of yards at Purdue. He's converted linebacker. You know, kind of fits the exact mold of we've talked about it before. You know, can we find another Derek Watt a guy that's going to get maybe three touches on offense in a game? Maybe, um, you know, will maybe be in for 15 percent of the snaps and needs to be a core four special teamer. And I think that's what you're going to you're going to get with Horvath. And I think because of his athleticism, you could see Joe Lombardi try to kind of figure out, OK, let's see. 
let's see if this could be kind of that two-back set. It's not just always Austin and and Josh Kelly or Spiller or Austin and Sony Michelle or Austin and whomever it might be, but it could be Horvath and Austin out there and you can get him involved in the passing game as well. So yeah, to me that I think we saw the limitations of Gabe and because Horvath appeared to be a much better special teams player, that's, that's cemented that selection. Tight ends, no surprises here. They're keeping three led by Gerald Everett, Donald Parham's back, Trey McKitty's back. Um, I'm just, I'm excited to see Everett, uh, when it, when it's real, because we, we we saw some of these flash plays throughout training camp. That's a guy who who I think can really. I don't know if we've talked about him maybe enough in terms of what the offense is going to look like, um, but he's an ascending player, and I'm excited to see him and Justin go to work. I think that's another one to keep an eye on. I think that's that's a position to keep an eye on. I think if if there's a tight end, you know, they've always carried four in the past. Um, I think that's one that that they may kind of keep their eyes on the on the cut list uh, on the trade market because um, I could to- I think as much as Justin likes using his tight ends especially in the red zone I could totally see them trying to figure out just because of the injury with Parham I think you got to be careful you know Trey is still coming around as a pass catcher um, you know and, and Everett while he's a willing blocker he's not kind of your standard Y so I think that's that's something I would I would also keep an eye on. I, I think that's worth kind of monitoring the next week. Yeah, it's a good point. You could you could be very thin at that position just like that. Yeah. Um, wide receiver. Listen, you nailed this one. Uh, as we tape this, by the way, guys, no Chargers who were cut um, were claimed today on Wednesday. So guys like Michael Bandy, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast over the last month. Um, it looks like he could be trending back here uh, on the practice squad. Yeah, They kept five, as we suspected, Bunny. I don't think there was ever uh, a doubt that those were going to be those five. We were just wondering if could they potentially keep Bandy as a six-wide receiver. You laid out the case very nicely last week why it just it doesn't make sense because he'd never be active on the on yeah. the on uh, game days. It's so, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to so, belabor it. It's you know he's not playing the slot ahead of Keenan and DeAndre Carter, so that's that. You know, yep. all good. I hope he gets on the practice. Look, I hope he gets a job on a 53-man roster, makes a bunch of money because we love watching him. We love who the kid is. Or I keep saying kid. He's not a kid. You know, love who the young man is. He's a heck of a player. He busts his tail in training camp and in the preseason. But, you know, I think he's going to eventually be back on the practice squad. And then if you deal with injury, then there he is. You ready to call him up? Yep. Also hoping good things for Joe Reed. I don't know where he's going to land, if he's going to land back here or uh, or somewhere else. But, uh yeah, good dude who uh, who was drafted here a couple years back had some injury issues and ha- had a decent preseason at that first game, um, a tougher one in, in game two. Yeah. But you know that's another guy who uh, special teams he can help you. But when you have DeAndre Carter, you're good. I think he'll be on. The, yeah, I think he'll absolutely make it back to the practice squad. Offensive line. Um, we finally got the word Trey Pipkins is going to be the dude. Uh, I think as we all kind of suspected here uh, for the last few weeks, just seeing the way that Trey came into training camp and really kind of changed his body this offseason. Any surprises on the offensive line in, in terms of the guys they kept and uh, and Trey at right tackle? Yeah, not at all. Um, it's exactly what I thought we'd see. Um, you know, it's, it is remarkable. The, the job that Tom Telesco and JoJo and that whole staff and Kevin have done along with Coach Staley and his staff to think where this offensive line was two years ago uh, and where it is today. It is nothing short of a football miracle. You know, when you're talking about, you know, Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney and Michael Schofield and Sam Tevy and Trey Pipkins, that was your front five. 
and now you've got all-pro Slater, someone who's a borderline pro bowler, Matt Filer, all-pro Corey Lindsley. We feel really good about Zion and Trey. And you listen to the coaching staff talk about Trey and how far he has come in that one year that, that he's been under their tutelage. And not um, giving up on him. Not giving up on him. And also, you know, then when you go behind that, to have Storm as a swing tackle. I know there were a couple games that, that you know, people will think about, particularly the Raiders and what Max Crosby was doing to him. But there were games where Storm played really well. So to have that guy as your swing, if you need him in a pinch, if someone goes down with all that starting experience, man, there are, there are so few teams in the league that have two tackles for the Chargers. To, I think when you combine Trey and, 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 uh, and Storm, I'll give them like the Chargers have like two and a quarter or two and a half tackles. So like that's a huge bonus for them. Uh, not surprised they kept Sawyer you know, whom they just drafted. Hymas, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of um, or from in the preseason. I thought he struggled a little bit, a little more than I would have thought in the preseason, but I think they still think highly enough of him because he's got, you know, and that's the thing about offensive linemen. You got to have positional flexibility if you're going to be a backup. And Sawyer, we know, can kick out the tackle. He did it at Alabama. Uh, or I'm sorry, at Georgia against Alabama, he kicked inside the guard after yep. starting that game at tackle, and he did that throughout his career. We know that Hymas was a tackle at Nebraska and also played some guard. He's starting to take some snaps from center. Will Clapp, of course, you got to keep as your backup center because you have to have someone who plays center full time. So that's it's not a surprise uh, to me at all. We already talked about Storm. So yeah, it's the nine guys that I think we all figured were, were going to end up making it. You hope that that continuity continues throughout the course of the the season but you know also positional flexibility at, with filer you know if you, let's say you have to move filer out to to right maybe you could plug in one of these dudes uh, like a soldier yeah. at guard you know so there's i think there's combinations if you ever get in a, in a bind throughout the 2022 100 um let's see edge rushers bosa mac chris rumpf had a really good preseason um, those are the guys, and, and I think uh, we talk about Kyle Van Noy as being that that kind of flex yeah. at linebacker and edge. So that kind of gives them an advantage there. You get a little two for one action. That was the the one spot where I thought there was that you know that was kind of the there was only one position that I was wondering about. You know, one player that I was really basically three players for one spot that I was curious how it was going to work out, and one of them was edge. Did, did Jamal Davis do enough? in the games, in the preseason, to be kept over an extra corner that we'll get to in a little bit. And I think he, you know, he was great against the run. He's able to shed. He stuffed a couple guys. He stoned some dudes. He plays with physicality. Um, but, you know, I remember DJ saying it in the Saints game. He's like, you know, I just want to see Jamal get to that passer, man. Let's, you just got to – he's been bull rushing, bull rushing. He's just kind of got to show something. He's got to got to show a move, got to show the ability to adjust to get back into that backfield, and I just don't quite think he ever got over that hump, and that's why they went with three. But like you said, technically it's four, um, and I think because Rumpf has progressed so quickly and gotten so much better that you know if he needs to go on a three four game run where he's a starter, you feel good about it. Like, yeah, that guy's good enough to be a starter in this league as an edge, you know, with what he's shown. So, um, and then you add Van Noy into that, someone who's done it his entire career and been exceptional at it, a guy that averages about five sacks per season. Um, it says three, but it's really four because of Van Noy, and that's what most people carry. Yeah. So you heard that the ding in my inbox uh, 
that's the practice squad. So you, by, by the time you guys listen to this, you'll, you'll probably have already seen it, but I'm just going to go through it in real time as it was just released. Zach Bailey, tackle. Michael Bandy, Christian Covington, Joe Gaziano, Kimon Hall, Michael Jackett, Hunter Kemp Moyer, Carlo Kemp, Raheem Lane, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, the linebacker, Jason Moore is back, Joe Reed, who we just talked about, is back, Foster Sorrell, tackle, Mark Webb Jr., that's the list. Huh. Interesting. So the one name that's not on there is uh, Jamal Davis, right? Jamal Davis. I was just talking about list. Yeah. that I thought might make the, the 53. So, yeah, I, I think it goes to show, you know, that's they were probably looking for the same thing. You know, he's an edge, and if he can't get to the passer, then it's kind of hard for us to, to keep him around. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly what we thought it would look like. They got both Bandy and Reed back. And, uh, yeah, here you go. See, you get it a little bit before I do, so now I can see it in front of my face. Love that Gaziano's on there. Huge fan of his. Yeah. Um, and we saw what happened, you know, when Joe was called up a couple times off the practice squad because of attrition. He played very well. Uh, Camp yeah, Moyer, I thought, I thought had a shot. I thought Joe could have got claimed, too. So I'm, I'm Yeah, me back. too. But it just goes to show you, and, like, that's what I keep preaching to these people, um, to these people, to fans, is you, you end up falling more in love with these players than personnel evaluators. Like, it's just, it's inevitable. You see him make plays against twos, or you see the film of Joe getting the tip at the line of scrimmage for a pick six on Herbert, and, you know, you're not watching the non-splash plays, which is what the other evaluators are watching. Hey, snap in, snap out. What are we looking at? And there's a reason why these guys, oh, look at that, and they got Covington ended up passing through back onto the practice squad. So that's a nice... That's huge because, you know, we're going to get to that in a minute because he was, he was definitely the 53-and-a-half man that, that was in everybody's mind. Um, so, yeah, that's it, just looking at the practice squad. One, relax everybody. Bandy's on the practice squad. Two, um, no Jamal Davis. Yeah. Defensive line, uh, we were pretty intrigued to see what the rotation was going to look like behind the starters. And Sebastian Joseph Day, we knew. Austin Johnson. Um, Tito Abonia, Jerry Tillery, Fajoko, Morgan Fox. You just saw um, Christian Covington, Joe Gaziano are back. Um, you know, I'll say this about Jerry. His, his fifth-year option was not picked up. So, if anything, you're going to have a, a pretty motivated guy and trying to get a deal in, in 2023. Uh, so, I hope so. I hope, I, I hope that, that they see a, a Jerry Tillery who's going to, uh, improve against the run and continue to get after uh, the pass. Um, but I look, I like the defensive line. Like that's the, just quickly the thing with Jerry's consistency. Because yeah. you know they say, oh, after the Cowboy game, go back and look at that next game. Now he bounced back against the Chiefs. Okay, so do it every game, do it every snap. Like to me, that's the thing with Jerry is he's just got to be consistent. You know, you've got to be able to trust him when he's out there. We've seen the splash. It's there, man. This dude can play. I mean, he is built unlike a lot of dudes that play that position. He is tall. He is long. He is thick. And he's got athleticism. He's just got to do it snap in, snap out, game in, game out. And and it's clear he can because the splashes are there. But then just going to Fajoko, like it was Fajoko versus Covington. That to me, you know, when I saw the rosters, okay, there's there's one of the two big decisions that had to be made you know do we want the vet in Covington or do we want the young player that started out borderline not making the team not making the practice squad makes the team kind of bounces back and forth and now is ready to be an every week 
contributor in the rotation. And and Fajoko, I think, has certainly proven that and has gotten better every single year. I like the depth. I like the depth of the D-line this year. Uh, and the fact that you can have Gaziano and Covington on the practice squad in case something happens there. Uh, but I, I think really seeing Austin Johnson, who we talked to last week, and, and Sebastian Joseph Day in that starting lineup, what that's going to look like uh, against the run, especially week one against Josh Jacobs and company. Um, I, that, I think that's a that's going to be a big deal. Uh, not only week one, every single week, but you know if, if we're looking at the Raiders, that defensive line, how they can hold up against the the uh, the Raiders run game, that could be something that that may decide it. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's two le- well there's there's kind of multiple sort of facets to that conversation, right? One, pass rush, two, run defense, and three, being connected to the rest of the defense. You know, we already talked about edge. You know, when you're talking about defensive line, it's, you know, okay, so Morgan Fox is, and, and Jerry Tiller, you're kind of your get up field, you know, pass, you know, pass rushing defensive line. And you think about Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and you think, okay, a little bit more of those run stuffer types. You know, Fajoko added that pass rush to his game, and he said he thought that went a long way into why he made this roster. Um, and they're all, look, Austin Johnson, we mentioned he's got a handful of sacks on his record, so does Sebastian Joseph Day. So they can do it. Um, but I think we're going to get to the linebackers next here. Like, just the run fits, playing that gap and a half that we talked to, to Austin Johnson about and making sure those fits are there. I think that's the other part of this, is those guys are going to be able to mine their gaps and to have Drew Tranquil and now Kyle Van Noy, one of the smarter players in the league, behind them for run fits, like it is completely remade. That 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 interior up the middle of the defense, you know, especially kind of thinking about Drew's injury issues when he goes down, to have Kyle Van Noy there ready to step in, like that's a huge difference. I, I, to me, the run the run D is not going to look anything like it did last year when it was you know either last or second to last or whatever it ended up being by the end of the year, giving up nearly five yards per carry, making Rex Burkhead look like the, the second coming of freaking Earl Thomas in Houston. Yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I don't think the Raiders run game is anything to ride home about, but I just, uh, that's the, that's the last image we had, right. Uh, of, of the Raiders in week 18, right. Um, second and 11, Josh Jacobs right. rushes for 18 yards and they got a 47 yeah. yard field goal to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think I remember it? <laughs> Yeah, I know you remember it. Linebackers, Van Noy, Tranquil, Murray, Reeder, Eamon, Agbang, Bamiga, Nick Neiman. Uh, yeah, those last three special teams, Chris. You know, yeah. just that that's where Eamon's value is. He's a really good special teams player, core four guy. Um, that's where he'll make his mark. Same with Neiman. He was their best special teams player last year. They expect him to, to grow into that as well. But I think you're going to start to see Neiman get in there on some snaps. He's a good player. You know, I think he started to flash. Murray's well, the wild so. card in all this, Bunny. He's the, he is the wild card in all of Who's this. Who's that? Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Like, look, the thing with Kenneth is I, it just felt like the coaching staff was trying to figure out how to use him last year. How do we get him to fit into this? How do we get him to be comfortable? And I think for me, I just I need to see it. You know, and I hope I see it because gosh knows when we're out there watching him work out, my goodness, he is, he is body beautiful. He is athletic as any linebacker you'll ever put your eyes on. Um, we just need to see him get comfortable. You know, and, and feel comfortable out there. And like I said, I, I said this last week. I'll say it again, or maybe the week before. I've said it repeatedly. I don't need to belabor the point. It's, you know, he's got the athleticism. He's got the traits. You know, I think, and, and, and he's been injured. So when your body starts betraying you and you start thinking too much, you know, that's when you can find yourself in trouble. 
to me, the good news is, like as crazy as it sounds, because he was a first-round pick, Kenneth Murray is gravy. Like, he is gravy. He is. You know, Tranquil is so good and so underrated, and Van Noy is so good and so underrated. It's inexcusable that New England let him walk. Um, that, to me, if, if Murray ends up realizing the potential that we all think he has this year, my goodness, it's like, wow, talk about a bonus. Yeah, plus plus Reader, who who knows what Staley's all about, you know, and he yeah. comes in with that knowledge. So yeah, played well in the preseason, and again, another like those three names I mentioned it: Amon, Neiman, Reader. They're going to be huge on special teams and making sure that that operation works considerably more effectively than it did last year. DBs, I thought it was nice, nice story. This kid from Florida State made the team. Number three, never heard of him. <laughs> Derwin James <laughs> Jr. Made the team. Good kid. Nas Adderley, Aloe Gilman, JT Woods, Dean Leonard, JC, Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel, Michael Davis, Jasir Taylor. Anything? Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the Dean Leonard, that was the big one for me. You know, I mentioned that I thought it was Fajoko versus Covington and that it was Dean Leonard versus, I think Dean was the 53rd spot. I think that's, you know, okay, do we keep Dean? Do we keep Mark Webb? Do we keep Dean? Do we keep a fourth tight end, Hunter Camp Moyer. Do we keep, I think that's, my guess is, is he was the last guy on that list. Um, just because he's, you know, we saw it in the preseason. He struggled to track the ball, but he's got length. He's athletic. He's sticky. You know, there's good traits there. And we were, there's a reason why we were talking about him early in camp. Um, because we saw it, you know, and the coaching staff saw it and they feel like, you know what? We can work with him. And I would imagine a lot of that, too, is special teams. You know, Josh Sear, we saw getting a lot of run as the gunner. That's why I think, you know, and I think that's another reason why it's Dean over Kaman Hall or one of those guys, too, because Kaman was a gunner for most of the year last year. So I think my guess is they feel pretty good about Josh Sear Taylor in that gunner role. Um, and that's why they, they ended up letting go of Kaman Hall. Is he on the practice squad? Uh, yeah. Yes, so he's yeah. there on the practice squad. Um, so there you go. I, I, like, to me, that was the... And, and again, man, for people that are listening and are like, you know, what are you keeping Leonard for instead of Michael Bandy? It's the 53rd man. You know, if, this, if that 53rd man is crucial to the Chargers' success this season, man, things have gone horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. Exactly. It's a developmental position. It's someone who you feel good about on special teams. So, like, that's something to keep in mind. You know, these the players, like, look, I'm looking at the practice squad, and I'm seeing Foster Sarrell in his first year, Zach Bailey in his second year. Those are developmental players. They did not have good preseasons. They struggled, man. That backup offensive line struggled. But they have traits, you know, and they're traits that these coaches want to work with. And I think that's something that everybody's got to keep in mind. People don't come out of college, and they're not finished products. You know, it's a big jump, and Dean is one of those guys. You know, Dean Leonard is one of those guys. He's... He's got the traits, but he's not a finished product. And they're probably worried, you know what, park him on the practice squad, and someone may want to go get that. Someone may want to, they might see the sticky, and they want to go get it. Guys, let Dean develop. Let Michael Bandy do his thing on the practice squad, and let's turn the page and talk about regular season football next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, exactly. that's what it is. We, this is the last time we're going to be talking about all these guys in depth. We're going to be talking about Raider Week next week, um, but we're just going to wrap it up here. Specialists, Hopkins, J.K. Scott, Josh Harris, no surprises there. Um, those guys had no competition in training camp, and these are the dudes. What a relief. 
right? Yeah. We're not we're not talking about you know two punters going at it and you're choosing one. We're not talking about two kickers, you know, Tristan Vizcaino and uh, you know the money badger having a kickoff and and really not feeling comfortable going into the season. You know, with Dustin, we know he's automatic inside of fifty. You know, and then once you get to fifty, it becomes a 50-50 proposition. You know, over the course, that's just what the stats are. Um, you know, he banged one fifty-one yarder, missed one fifty-one yarder against the Saints. So, you know, as long as you know that, you feel good with that. That's fine. You know, not every team can have Justin Tucker. Um, so it's it's totally. I am comfortable with the special teams. I thought JK had a really good um, had a really good preseason. You know, Cowboys game notwithstanding, there were so many things that went wrong on special teams in the Cowboys game. And I think a lot of it had to do with them just wanting to assess special teams players. Uh, so punts were a little less hang time and, you know, kickoffs were out of the end zone. You're going to see kickoffs go through the end zone. You're going to see four and a half to five second hang time punts and a lot of fair catches. And man, that's a relief. That is a relief. Special teams, so important. And uh, it's, it's good when you have the security and you don't have, like you said, the competition throughout training camp. Hopkins really established himself back half of the year. Um, yeah. Helped help them win that game in Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, he, he was such a reliable kicker in Washington. I was, I was frankly shocked that they let him go when they did. Um, you have a, an all-prolonged snapper now, and, and we've talked a lot about J.K. and in, in the camp that he's having. So um, can't wait to see it. On September 11th. Um, it's a good roster. It's a really good roster. It's a good roster. It's, and, you know, the, the fact that you don't have to go outside the league for a ton of ton of things, um, obviously keep your eye on the running back situation. I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this, maybe there, a move has been made or, you know, money brought up a good point with the tight end, maybe a, a, a touch thin there. But uh, I feel good about a lot of position groups on this team. Um, your frontline starter is among the best in, in football. Yeah. And again, defensive line, offensive line, you feel pretty good about the depth. And that's important because that's where you need depth. We, we saw it last year. That defensive line got thin in a hurry. Um, they got six guys that you feel really good about. Your starters, Joseph Day, Johnson, Morgan Fox, Artillery. And behind them, you know, Fajoko, Tillery, Tito, however you want to slot all those guys in. Like that's, that's where you want your depth. To have a swing tackle like Storm, to have a backup center and we'll clap like feel good about those two groups and that's typically where it's going to derail a season if you got some injuries money a week from now we're gonna be talking raiders this podcast is gonna look and feel a little bit different we'll get some big time guests on and uh just get right into the season so i, I appreciate you guys sticking with us all through camp um money's good to be out of the sun i know that that was a that was an issue last week for you um, yeah, I got to do this for that. be real thing for uh, that the kids got me doing. They uh, said this what, be real, so I just got my notification. You know, you got to take a photo in the moment. What's the? Send, what, can you explain the be real to me? So they send you a notification that says take a photo on the next two minutes, and um, and you got to take a photo. Like they, their clock starts running, and then once you take the photo, it shares it to all your friends of what you're doing right then. In there, it's not, oh, I got to get this perfect background sunset or, you know, kind of like, the idea is, is that Instagram is fake. You yeah. know, let's see what you're really doing as opposed to these perfectly filtered. There's no filters. There's none of that. It's just <laughs> me looking. So I'm going to put working for a living for all the people that know uh, Huey Lewis, because that's what's relevant these days. Is this, the, is this like the new Instagram? Be real. See, look, here's DJ's. He's going to be really upset with me. Look at what DJ's posting. 
It's hold on. There we go. Look at him. Hey, check me out. I'm on my Peloton and I got a towel around my neck. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Who's he? Who's his uh, instructor? Hold on. Let's see here. Dude, you am, am I late to the dude? Am I late to the party here on Be Real? Well, listen, you're uh, believe it or not, Chris, your twins probably not old enough to 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 clue you in. You know, you got a little bit of time before they clue you in. That's what yeah. DJ and I have going for us. You want, you want me to be real? Yeah, I, I'm in the gym with the twins. There you go. Every time, every every two minutes, they ask me to take a picture. I'm in the gym with the twins. Exactly. There you go, <laughs> bud. <laughs> be real. I'm being real. All right. Appreciate you guys listening as always. And it gets real next Wednesday on Chargers Weekly. For money, I'm Chris. We'll see you next week.